Has anyone been watching the uh, Major League Baseball playoffs? No? Okay. All right, well, I won't use that illustration then. <laughs> Actually, I have to, because that's the only one I prepared. Um, although I hope it's not too off base. I was really hoping to make a home run with this illustration, but um, the, uh, so I was watching it, and it's playoffs, and so the, uh, some of the announcers were saying that, you know, you get so hyped up, some of the pitchers get so hyped up because it's the playoffs that they actually try too hard, that they overthrow the pitch because, again, they're trying so hard, and it just, it sails, right? And, um, And, uh, <laughs> see, <laughs> yes, George detected a, 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 another pun, and that is sales pitch sales. Yes, uh, they did. But, um, but I think that's also an illustration of life and of our spiritual walk, that oftentimes we try really hard, and it almost is counterproductive, and, you know, I hope that during this sermon series, you know, Walk the Walk, one of the things we've been talking about is, yeah, we need to walk the walk of faith, that we don't want to just be Christians who, who know a lot, who talk a lot, but Christians who really have a consistent walk of faith. And, you know, uh, hopefully, you know, you got pumped like, yeah, I'm going to walk the walk. And so I'm going to, you know, really try to, um, to be consistent in my living. And then you've probably, if not in the last few weeks, at least sometime in your life if you're a Christian, you've walked the walk, you've tried really hard, and it's almost been counterproductive in a sense that the harder you try, the harder you fall. I don't know if that's happened to you, but it's definitely happened to me. And uh, just, you know, for instance, uh, if you're, uh, you know, trying to really make a relationship work, Sometimes you try so hard that the person's like, okay, you know, I just need some space. Or if you're struggling with addiction, right, you, you try really hard because you want to be free from this addiction, and then you, st- you, you mess up a little bit, and then you feel like a failure, so then you're even more drawn to whatever you're addicted to. And it's like a circle. It's this pattern of failure, Or any sin where you're walking the walk, you want to walk the way that God has taught you, and uh, there's this thing, there's this particular sin that you keep falling into, and so you try really hard, but then you fail really hard, and it just makes things worse. So how do we walk the walk? So, uh, again, hopefully we're all saying, yeah, I want to walk the walk, but then as we've tried it, and we've tried really hard, We've fallen really hard. How do we get out of that pattern? Well, the key to walking the walk is not to walk by our willpower, but to walk by the Spirit's power. Right? That's what we're going to talk about today. Not walking by willpower, but walking by the Spirit's power. I need to stand up on this, the stage so you guys can see me because I'm vertically challenged, one could say. Um, so, <laughs> so we need to walk by the Spirit's power and not our willpower. And that's what we're talking about today. That's what I really want to focus on. And here's the thing is that we walk by the Spirit's power. We also walk in God's promises. 
So last week and the week before, we talked about walking in God's promises. One of the ways we walk the walk is by walking in God's promises. And one of the things that God has promised us is the Holy Spirit, that a part of the new covenant, right? Because remember, parts of God's promises, groups of God's promises in different ages are called covenants. God makes promises, covenants with his people. And last week we looked in Jeremiah 31, also Ezekiel 11, God promises the people who keep failing, his people Israel, they keep failing. God says, all right, I'm going to make a promise. There's, I'm going to make a new covenant with you. And I'm going to give you a new spirit, a new heart. And so now, to walk the walk means we walk in that promise. We walk in the Spirit. We don't just have our own uh, efforts, our own abilities, our own strength, our own love. We have the Spirit's strength, the Spirit's love. God's uh, promise is to give us that new Spirit. And so now, we walk in that Spirit. We live by that Spirit. And uh, a part of the Wait, you know, how do we do that, right? That's the, the question. Well, in Romans 8, chapter, uh, chapter 8, verses 1 through 14, the Apostle Paul gives us some answers. So I want us to go to Romans chapter 8, and now hopefully you notice, wait, if that's Romans chapter 8, there's, there's like seven previous chapters. And so what I'm hoping you're thinking is, all right, Pastor Joe, you better give us the context, right? You better give us that context. Good. I see you're, you're hungry for the context, so I will give it to you. Um, so we're jumping in midpoint, right, at, in the book of Romans. And Paul, he's been writing this letter to the Roman church, and he's just built the case in the previous seven chapters that all people stand condemned because even when we know God's will, even when we try to follow God's will, we end up failing. Both religious people and irreligious people, uh, both Jew and Gentile, we know God's laws and he reveals them and we try to follow them, but we fail. And in fact, in Romans chapter 7, verse 14, this is what Paul says. He says, for we know that God's laws are spiritual, but I'm of the flesh, sold under sin. For I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Does that sound familiar? Where we want to walk the walk. We know it's good. It's God's path. And so we, we're, we're sort of split. We're house divided. Half of, our, uh, of our, our will wants to follow God, but then the other half just is, falls into the pattern of the flesh. And Paul points out here that whenever we, we try to follow God apart from God's empowerment, again, we fall into this pattern, this pattern of sin and condemnation. And then he asks, well, who's going to set us free then? Who's going to set us free from this pattern? Because it's not like, oh, um, you know, because God, he's been revealing himself. He revealed himself to Israel. We, again, talked about all these covenants. I can't go over the 2,000 years worth of covenants. Uh, if you're interested, watch last week's sermon. Um, and he goes and he's constantly uh, reaching out to his people, but then we constantly fail. Who's going to set us free? That's the question. Who's going to set us free? And his answer is Christ. Christ sets us free. He explains in, in Romans 8.1 that the good news of Christ is that God does what we cannot. He provides what we need, and that's a new spirit. So let's look. Romans 8 verse 1. He says, there, there is therefore now no condemnation 
for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk, accord, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. So it's saying here, Christ succeeds for us. He succeeds for us. There's no condemnation because we are made right with God based on Christ's work, not our own. So that when we do fail, we don't start focusing on our failure. We start focusing on Christ and saying, thank God he has made me right with God. Because in, because in and of myself, I would be condemned. Christ took on the flesh to succeed on our behalf. So that instead of failure and death, we could have the spirit of life in him. And so we walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Let me define a couple of terms here. I want to define the word law, right? Because in verse 3 it says, For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do. Here, the, the, the term law, that refers to the previous covenants. Again, we talked about that last week where God, he instructs people. He gives the Ten Commandments. He gives laws of, of how we can be set apart and what we need to do to obey and, and how we can approach a holy God. In a, in a broken and sinful world. And although the law was a part of God's grace, a part of saving people, the problem is we fallen human beings, we can't follow the law perfectly. We can't follow God's instructions. Israel couldn't do it. We can't either, which is why, again, we can't save ourselves. We need God to do that. And that's why Paul refers to this as the law of sin and death. The law confirmed that, yeah, even when God lays out his will, even when he lays out, all right, this is how you're going to walk the walk, it just confirms that we can't do it on our own. God needs to do that for us. He needs to provide that for us. And then Paul says, and that's exactly what God did in Christ. right? For God, verse 3, for God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. God defeated sin from the inside out. He took on flesh. Right? He took on death. And then he rose victorious over these things. That's why there's no, no condemnation now. Because Christ did what we could not. And, and the same spirit that rose, uh, raised Christ from the dead that's the gift. That's, he's a gift. That's God himself. Now saying, I'm not just giving my, my, uh, my life for your life in a great exchange, but now I'm giving you my spirit so that you'll continue to live. You'll continue to walk the walk. Let me define this other term here, flesh. I've been using it a lot. Paul uses it a lot. It doesn't refer to like skin, all right? I mean, it can refer to skin. It can refer to our physical bodies. Um, and sometimes Paul uses it in that, in that sense. But, you know, the physical is good. When God made the world, when he made us, it was good, right? He proclaimed that, that we're good, that the physical world is good. What's not good is the physical world apart from God. 
See, and that's how Paul often uses that term flesh, meaning the physical apart from God. Our own efforts. Living according to the flesh is living according to our own abilities, our own efforts, our own ideas, is really the normal way that most people live, right? Because we live in a fallen world. What does that mean, fallen? It means we've fallen away from God, that we normally live apart from God. And the Apostle Paul is saying, no, Christ came to save you from that. That he's given the Spirit. And you know who the Spirit is? The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God. We believe in a God who is one, but a God who exists in three persons, um, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So when we say that the Holy Spirit can dwell in us, that's God. God can dwell in us. That's so close. That's way different than being separated from God. That's not living apart from God. That's living in the presence of God. And here he's saying, if you have been rescued from that, if God is dwelling with you and in you, why in the world are you not walking in that promise? So then he describes the solution, all right? And and here's the thing, is that you can say, all right, well then if Christ saved us, there's no condemnation, then how come we continue to fail? Well, because even though we have the Spirit, as we'll see here, that we can still fall back into those patterns of flesh, because we're still in this fleshly um, body, right? We still live in this fallen world. Christ hasn't come and, and um, established the final kingdom without sin and all that. So we can very easily fall back into old patterns of, of wh- how we used to live, right? And that's the problem. So that we've, we become Christians, we trust in Christ, but then as we walk, we stumble because we are walking in the flesh, And that's what Paul says here in verse um, 5. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So the first important thing we see about how, how do we walk in the spirit so that we can walk the walk, it's mindset. The mind set on the flesh, the mind set on our willpower apart from God, our abilities apart from God, anything apart from God, it's it's death. That was the problem in the first place. And whatever you're looking to, whatever you're living for, whatever you are relying on, if it's apart from God, then of course you're going to live apart from God, apart from his spirit. And so the spirit is a gift of God dwelling in us because Christ made us right with God. So it's the mindset. What are we setting our mind on? Then Paul continues in verse 9. So that's the problem, right? that we continue to set our minds on things of the flesh and not on the Spirit, even though we've been given the Spirit. And so Paul, he next says in verse 9, he says, You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. So that's just the negative way of saying, if you're a Christian, you have the Spirit. That the Holy Spirit is a gift of the new covenant. And so if you've placed your faith in Christ, if you are in Christ, you have the Holy Spirit of God. Um, Verse 10, but if Christ is in you, 
Although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So then, brothers, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Our flesh did not save us, so we are not indebted to our flesh. That's what Paul's saying. He's talking to Christians. The, the flesh didn't save you. You're not obligated to walk in it. And the core truth is that we've been given new life by Christ. It's his work. And he, Christ became flesh. He became human in all respects to do what we could not do. He lived the perfect life, and then he exchanges his, his life for our life so that when God looks on us, there's no condemnation because he doesn't see us. He doesn't see our sins. He sees the perfection of the Son of God. And again, that's not based on what we do. It's based on what Christ has done so that then now we walk in that. We have that new identity in Christ. So now you might all, so far you might be with me, you might be like, yeah, I understand that, I get it. Um, that's the gospel, right? That Christ saves us, not ourselves. And, and if you've been a Christian for at any time, you're like, yeah, I, I get that. But the problem is, is that when I walk the walk, sometimes I fall, so I still fail, even knowing that. So how? How do we walk in the Spirit knowing that, okay, I've got the gift of the Spirit, Christ has established the new covenant, so, but, but, how? how? How do I actually do that? Well, look at what, let's look at what Paul says. First thing he says is, is it's about mindset, right? And so the, the three things that he says, how are we going to walk in the Spirit, is first, set your mind on the Spirit. Next thing he says is, and, and, and put, to de put to death the fleshly deeds, and then be led by the Spirit. So let's look at each one of these. Verse 8. For, the, for to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. So where are we setting our minds? That's the first thing. If you want to walk in the spirit, set your mind on the spirit. So yes, God, we're God-centered. He's, he's, it starts with salvation, but it includes how we walk, how we live each day. Because whatever you do, whatever you set your mind on gets bigger, Right? That's just what life is about. Whatever you focus on takes up more of your mind, right? That's why you even, we talk about focusing, focus, and so we bring it into focus, and, we, and that thing gets bigger in our view. So whatever you set your mind on is going to get bigger, right? So if, if we, we can still live in the flesh, even though we have the spirit, if we're setting our mind on fleshly things instead of spiritual things. And I mean even overcoming sin. I mean even over um, of, uh, of walking that spirit-filled life of peace. So let me give you an example. Is that, you know, sometimes when we have a problem or we're trying to combat sin, what do we do? Well, we try harder. We think about the problem. right? We, we start to focus on the problem. 
I know, and, um, you know, in churches, we have a lot of problems. So as pastor, I have, to, I have a lot of problems, right, <laughs> that come my way. And what I've noticed is when I focus on the problem, because, again, I like to analyze things. And so, you know, I start focusing on the problem. You know what happens? That problem seems bigger. And I get more crabby. Just ask Wendy. More pessimistic. Why? Because I am focusing on the problem or on that sin. But when I start to focus on the spirit, when I set my mind on the spirit, and what that looks like is like, okay, God, this, this is a problem. It's bothering me. And instead of starting to really focus on that, I, I immediately say, all right, God, God, this is a problem. And I'm bringing it to you. God, fill me with your perspective, fill me with your love, fill me with your wisdom, and as I focus on God, and I focus on the Spirit, and set my mind on the Spirit, guess what? The Spirit begins to take up more of my mind, more of my heart, and I start to exude a, a, uh, a love beyond myself, a faith beyond myself, a perspective beyond myself, and that's the Spirit. So it starts with setting our minds on the spirit, not on the flesh. Likewise, if we spend 20 hours a week, you know, flipping through social media, you know what our mind's going to be filled with? Divisiveness. Everything's a catastrophe. Everything's awful. Every person is the worst and most vile person in the world if they're your enemy. And so we're going to start seeing things from that perspective. But if we fill our minds instead of all that time we spend on, on social media or watching sports or whatever, if we say, nah, uh I mean, that stuff's okay, it's a, it, it's, a, it's a good little diversion, but I really want to fill my mind and set my mind on things of the Spirit, you're going to start to see things from a spiritual perspective more and more. So where is our mindset? So one of the reasons that we might not be walking in the Spirit, we might be um, failing and trying harder but falling, is our mindset. We may be setting our mind on the problem. We may be setting our mind on, on the sin. We may be setting our mind on our willpower. And I know for the, for the first long time, like, I mean, I still do this, but, but I remember I really struggled when I was a young Christian, just I'd try harder and try harder because generally from the, my previous times in my life, if I tried harder, I could do most things. Like I could accomplish almost anything if I just put my mind to it. But it doesn't work that way in the spiritual realm. You, you, can't, you can't love beyond yourself. You can't do supernatural things beyond yourself. That's the natural way of thinking. If you want to live beyond yourself, you need the Spirit. And, and if we're going to relate to other people in a supernatural way, like, we can't control what other people do. And so that focus on the Spirit, it's not about trying harder. It's about setting our, where our mindset is, not on our willpower, but on God's power. So that's the first thing. So it's it set your mind on the Spirit. So say it with me. Set your mind on the Spirit. Okay? That's the first thing to walking by the Spirit. we got to set our mind on the Spirit. But then look at verse 13. It says, then we, we put to death the deeds of the body. So verse 13, if by the Spirit you put to death the, the deeds of the body, you will live. So in other words, put to death the deeds of the body, you will walk. You will walk in the Spirit. So we, we basically, we, we say no to sin. <laughs> if you want to kill something, you don't feed it, you starve it, right? 
So we move our mindset, we set our mind on the spirit, but then we move our choices with those. So an example, let's say someone does you dirty, right? So someone, they, they offend you, they do something that's nasty to you, and what happens? Well, there's that sense in you that says, all right, I want to repay them. <laughs> you know, I want hurt for hurt, right? They hurt me, I want to hurt them. But we know, like, that's, that's not the right way because vengeance is the Lord's, right? So we move, and, and, and what happens is normally we start thinking about, hey, why is that person wrong? Why did they do that? Why are they so wrong? And, or we think about how much they hurt us. We move our mind. We, we don't set our mind on that because then things just get worse. What do we do? We set our mind on Christ. We move our mind from the hurt to Christ, and then we move our choices to act and say, you know what, I want to do something to get back at them, but I am going to, I'm putting to death the deeds of the body. I am choosing now because I'm a child of God. My identity is not in the flesh, it's in the spirit, so I am not going to do that. Instead, I'm going to choose to turn the other cheek. I'm going to choose to bless instead of curse. I'm going to pray for that person. And you make the choice. So you mindset, and then you move your choice. You put to death the deeds of the body. You're like, I'm not going to feed that spirit of vengeance. I'm not going to feel, uh, feed that hatred. Instead, I'm going I'm to feed um, my heart with the spirit. And so I'm making those choices. I'm putting death. I'm putting that to death. So we put the death, the deeds of the body. And it's more than sins, though. When, it, when Paul says put to death the deeds of the body, it's, it, it's more than sins. It's, it's living to our own abilities, to our own efforts, to our own ideas. Again, that's the normal, su- non-supernatural way of living is, is uh, we can very easily just do things, again, on our own apart from God. So we, put, we set our minds on Christ, but then we don't just walk normally. We, ra- we rather we say, no, I'm putting to death that that natural way of living that says, I'm going to do this apart from God. And I was, in fact, before I was um, preaching, uh, as I was sitting there singing some of the songs, <laughs> um, I, I was a bit convicted in the sense that, um, you know, I was thinking, all right, well, you know, some of the points that I wanted to make in this sermon, and uh, that one kind of hit me in saying, all right, Joe, uh, are you... Are you are you relying on your own abilities? Are you relying on your, your own ideas? Or, or did that really come from the Spirit? And, and so there's, there's this thing going on with, it's not sin, like just, you know, talking from the Bible. That's, there's no sin there. But it's a, whole, it's a whole way of living, right? There's a way of living, and we want to put to death that way of living apart from God. Because that's the natural way. So it's, of course, sins separate us from God. Yeah, sins will totally unplug us from the Spirit. But also what will unplug us from the Spirit is ourselves, just walking, doing our normal thing apart from God, no matter what we do. All right, so that's the second thing, right? We, wanna, we want to uh, set our mind on the Spirit. We want to put to death the deeds of the flesh. And then the last thing is be led by the Spirit. Verse 14 For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. So we allow the Spirit to lead us in our daily lives instead of the natural flesh. 
And so, and so think about it. How are we led? How are we led? Now, oftentimes new Christians or drifting Christians, um, you know, have trouble discerning. All right, well, what's, you know, what's the Spirit's leading? What, is, what does the Spirit sound like? Who is he? How does, how does God lead me into this next step? So if we set our minds on the Spirit, we move our choices, well, then being led by the Spirit is then taking that next step, right? It's actually walking. It's saying, all right, where is this next step that I need to go? And it's not just figuring it out by, all right, if I think enough and I analyze the situation, then, you know, through my own intellect, I'll be able to figure out the best path. But it's rather saying, all right, what's the next step, God? I want to be led by the Spirit. I want you to guide this next step. And we discern the Spirit's voice through the Word, through prayer, and through the community. So what I mean by that is that sometimes it's hard to figure out, all right, God, what's the next step? And it's hard to discern what's the Spirit leading and where's my own leading. But that's where the Word comes in, right, the Scriptures because the scriptures throughout say that the scriptures were inspired by the Holy Spirit. So if you're wondering, huh, what would the Spirit, where would the Spirit lead me? Well, here's a start, right? You read the scriptures and you start to understand, oh, this is how God wants me to go. This is where the Spirit's leading me. But then there's prayer. I mean, it sounds basic, but how many times don't we do it? Just saying, God, what do you want me to do? <laughs> It's, Holy Spirit, where's the next step that I should go? So many times we don't even stop to ask. So no wonder we're not getting led by the Spirit because we're not asking. And then the final way is, that, is the community, right? Is that God is, has put us in a community of believers so that he can help guide us what's the next step. So that maybe a brother or sister in Christ comes up to you and, and, and encourages you. Maybe you're down and you're like, man, I'm just thinking of not even doing this thing anymore. And then a brother or sister comes up and says, you know, I'm so happy that you're here. Do you know how much you encourage me when you, um, you know, you, you share a bit of your life? And then that's the spirit saying, no, no, you're, you know, keep going. The community helps us as well. So be led by the spirit. And then the thing is, is if we, if we set our mind on the Spirit, if we put to death the fleshly deeds, and if we ask and allow ourselves to be led by the Spirit, that's how we walk according to the Spirit. So that's your part in living by the Spirit, right? You, we have a part to play. Yes, it's the Spirit's work, but it's us actually connecting so that the Spirit can transform us from the inside out. The Spirit can guide us to places that He wants us to go. And the thing is, is that when we start walking in the Spirit, then we'll also exhibit the spiritual fruit. So love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, self-control. We'll have freedom. We'll have, we won't have fear. We'll have a revival in our hearts. We'll have that assurance of being God's child. And, and those are the things, when we walk in the Spirit, we start to experience those. But I even, excuse me, I even um, reluctant to say those things. Because here's the thing, is that our desires, apart from God, are still can be messed up. So if I say, you want peace in God? Well, then walk with God. Walk in the Spirit. And so you know what we might do? We might use spiritual things for, to, to get fleshly results. What I mean by that is like, yes, yeah, I want to live a life of peace. I want more joy in my life, so I'll follow God. Well, the problem with that is, well, then what's your God? 
Is it peace? Is it, is it joy? Or is it God? We, God's not a means to an end. He is the, the, the best good. He is the biggest good. And so we can't, the reason we need to walk in the Spirit, the reason we need the Spirit is even our desires can be used to live life apart from God. In other words, oh, I want the peace of God. I want joy. Well, you, don't, you only get those if you're walking with God. And so we need to do that. And so hopefully you've seen, you see the problem. Hopefully if, if you are a Christian and you've been trying to walk the walk, I don't really need to tell you that, wow, that's, di- that, that's difficult, that oftentimes we fail. You know that, right? And if you don't, well, then you probably need to talk to God about pride. Um, <laughs> um, is that we, we walk and we continue to fall. Well, I want to tell you, the good news is it's not about trying harder. And I hope that's good news to you. Because we live in a busy world, we have so many things to do, and it might be the, you might think, oh, if I just try harder. No, the, it's, it, it, and it's not the willpower, it's the Spirit's power. And if we will set our mind on the Spirit, if we will um, put, to deeds the de- put to death the deeds of the flesh, if we'll allow ourselves to be led by the Spirit, we will start to walk in the Spirit. We will walk the walk, but it won't be a walk that's, diff- uh, you know, it's drudging and it's, uh, it's all about our self-effort. It's going to be a, a life of peace, joy, patience, of kindness, of a power beyond ourselves, of, of a presence beyond ourselves, because the Holy Spirit is God. And when we walk in the Spirit, that means we're walking in God's power, in His purposes. And that's the kind of living that, that equals walking the walk. So we have to walk by the Spirit, and hopefully we, we can figure out, all right, now I think we know. I think we can, if we do these three things, it's going to help us walk in the Spirit. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we confess that we often just walk in the flesh, that in our own abilities, in our own efforts, apart from you, God, we can constantly fall. So I pray, Lord, that your spirit would move about this place, that you would be convicting us to totally turn everything over to you. Lord, our efforts, our willpower, all of that, we'd turn that over to you so that you would fill us with your spirit and we would walk anew. God, we, we set our minds on you now. And Lord, if there's any here who've been struggling with a sin or with something, and, and I pray, Lord, you would just give them that sense of freedom as they totally put their faith in you. I pray that they would right now be saying, no, God, I'm not going to try harder. I'm going to get closer to you. Lord, would you put that into our hearts, that conviction and that decision? And then, Lord, show us. Show us the next step. Lord, there are some here who are asking, Lord, what's next? What's the next step I need to take? Would you give them that insight, whether it's a scripture or whether it's somebody in this body who comes and gives them counsel? But, Lord, we are tired of, of walking in the flesh. We try so hard. So thank you, Lord, for the gift of your spirit. May we walk in him and may we walk anew. And we thank you for that promise. We take you up on that promise. In Jesus' name, amen.